Are you blessed you are in church? Oh, I said, are you blessed you are in church? Okay. We are, we've been talking about leadership. And we are learning 10 powerful lessons about leadership through the eyes of Peter. Amen. And we said, Peter was catching fish. And Jesus said to him, from now, you will catch men. Hallelujah. From catching fish, from now, you'll be catching men. Amen. There is something that I wanted to do. I don't know whether it's okay to do it today. But I want us to look at the character traits of Peter before and after. Is that all right? It's all part of leadership. Character traits of before and after. Well, I said to you that when we read um, uh, Matthew 16, he says that you are, let's read that scripture again. Matthew, let's start from 16, 16 and go down to 18. Matthew 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. The question was, who do men say that I am? There's a, some says Elijah, some says John the Baptist, some says one of the prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And all the disciples were quiet. And Simon answered and said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon. See, in, in, when he said you are the Christ, the, 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 the 16, you could have said, any of us could have said that Simon was a mouthpiece for the disciples. So when he was talking to, the, to them, you, you, blessed are you. He, that blessed are you could have been to all the 12 disciples. But when he mentions his name, then that changes the equation. The you doesn't mean all of you, but the you is specific. And the name is very significant. Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Amen. Then he goes and says that, and I say to you that you are Peter. Not Simon. You are Peter. And on this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I said to you that Simon stands for instability. Simon means unstable as water. Somebody who is not stable. You cannot build anything on the leadership of instability. The reason why a continent like Africa, it is it's what it is today. It's because of the level of instability there. You can never build anything with instability. Can, can I submit to you, as married couple, if you really want to build something great in your home, you want to build a great life, fight for peace. Because instability never builds anything. Am I talking to somebody? You see, never ever be in a, in a fight with your husband or your wife to get, gain superiority because the more you are doing it, the more you remain unstable. And the more unstable you are, the more you remain undeveloped. And the more undeveloped you remain, the, is the more you remain backward. And the more backward you remain, the more you are oppressed. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So fight to have peace. Because peace promotes harmony. Harmony promotes unity. Unity promotes uh, progress. Progress promotes productivity. Productivity promotes blessings. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So the more peace you have, the more progress you have. The more instability you have, the less productivity you have. If you have a church that is unstable, there's way there's no peace, there won't be any progress. See, there is something about sheep. Sheep never drink from waters that look troubled. That's why they will not drink from a stream that is bubbling. 
they want still waters. And if the Bible says we are the sheep of his pasture, it means that we, as his sheep, when we go to a place where it's unstable, we will not drink from it. So you think that we are not spiritual, but when we come to a church which is not stable, we will not drink from there. A church that has bickering. This is fighting, fighting this person. The, these people, the choir people are fighting the pastor. The pastor is fighting the prayer warriors. The prayer warriors are fighting the, the, the ashes. That church never grows. Unbelievers will come in, but they won't stay because sheep don't drink from troubled waters. So let us fight to keep unity, the bond of peace. Wherever we are, you see, it's a, it's a fight to keep peace. Do you know that? That's why the United Nations Peacekeeping Force, they are an army. They are an army, but their job is to keep peace. But they have guns. Because you have to, peace does not come just by, by just talking peace. It comes by fighting. So fight to keep peace at home. Sometimes you've got to fight on your knees. Sometimes you've got to fight yourself by biting your tongue. Sometimes you've got to fight yourself by not wanting to gain. You've got to learn how to let it go. Learn how to let, let, let somebody gain one over you. Learn how to be the fool so that it keeps the peace. Because without that, there's no progress. See, selfishness does not prog- pro- uh, produce progress. Selfishness promotes instability. Every unstable home has one or two selfish people. Oh, I don't know whether you are getting This evening, I'm saying some very deep things. I don't know whether you are getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any home that has instability, I can guarantee you that one or two are very selfish. That is why there's instability. That's why there's fighting. Because what makes you angry? What makes you fight? Because you think that somebody's trying to cheat you. And I won't sit down. We know go sit down spirit will come into you and to make you also want to fight back. Hallelujah. I won't be anybody's fool. That statement brings fighting. And that fight brings backwardness. That is why you have all the resources and yet you will be underdeveloped. Amen. So he says that you are Peter. Peter stands for the rock. We stand for stability. Are you with me? Now, I want us to look at a few characteristics of Simon. Can I indulge you? A few characteristics of Simon. Number one, Simon was impulsive. Amen. Amen. To be impulsive means he acts on instincts. He doesn't think through things. He does it before he thinks. How, how many have impulsive nature? Oh, give me a wave. Give me a wave. Be honest. Be honest. Give me a wave. Oh, I want to see your hand. Because, no, no, there are, there are some here. It's, it's, good. it's a good thing. Because when you identify it, then you know that you need to work on it. Are you with me? To be impulsive means you talk before you think. You buy before you think. You act before you think. You do before you say, Ooh, I have done something stupid. Very impulsive. To be impulsive means to be insecure. To be unstable also means insecure. Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? Why are you talking to that girl? Why are you talking to that? Why shouldn't I talk to that girl? I'm married to you, so all the women in the world, I shouldn't talk to them. Why? Why? I'm married to you, so all the men in the world become trees. Why? Why are you so insecure? Listen, I saw the girls before I came to choose you. You think I'm blind? I wasn't blind. 
I saw them, but I still came for you. So why are you insecure? Why do you think that somebody is fighting to come and replace you? Behave yourself and stop being silly. Bring your phone. Bring your phone. Hey, why? Why? Why do you okay, okay here? See whatever you want to see. You see, the point of view is dependent on your viewpoint. You begin to if you are looking with the mind of a CIA, you will see what you don't want to see. Because anything you see will make you will tell you that it's something that is not. Which plumber is it? Which carpenter is this? Then you want to call. Then unfortunately, you call the carpenter and his wife answers. Ah! It's not a carpenter. It's a lady. <laughs> See, Simon's anything but a rock. He wasn't dependable. He wasn't anything that you could ever build leadership on. Mm-hmm. Listen, let me do what I want to do and go home. You see, when I say impulsive, John chapter 18, verse 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. His servant's name was Mal- Malchus. <laughs> they chopped his ear off. Simon Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. He said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come. Then he jumps off out of the boat. He starts to walk on the water. Then he sees the wind. Who, see, who ever sees the wind? <laughs> who in the world sees the wind? He is the only one in history that saw the wind. The scripture says, and when he saw the wind, he began to sink. He saw the wind. Uh, Nobody sees. You feel the wind, but nobody sees the wind. But Simon saw the wind. See, fear, we're talking about fear. Fear makes you see what is not there. Things that are not because of fear, you see it. How many? How many know uh, the the stories about uh, cemeteries in in uh, Africa? Africa? It creates a certain. You don't drive. Ooh, ooh, so you see some things coming from nobody walks by the cemetery. Yeah. But here, it's very very nice to go and sit in the cemetery. It's, it, I'm telling you, it's the nicest place to, to go, just to relax. It's therapeutic. Listen, I, I had a church member who died. And I used to go and sit by the graveside. I didn't know how it was. But once upon a time, I would never go near a grave. No. You see, in Africa, if you go to the graveside, even a cobra will make you die there. <laughs> I had a church member who died. I used to go and put flowers and sit there Saturday mornings. And when you get there, it's very busy because people are digging and making the flowers around the graves very nice. And it was, the graveside was not far from my house, so I'll go and sit there. Yeah, but you won't do that anywhere. <laughs> because the type of stories and myths that we have created has made us afraid. And so we see and feel and hear things. That's there are some people you won't sleep alone in the house in, a, in certain parts of the world. But here it's easy. It's very, very easy to be in the house alone. Because you start hearing things that don't exist and seeing the footsteps. <laughs> there, there, was, there was a, I think it was a school, isn't it? We had the white shoes. Yeah. The, the white shoes comes to work <laughs> when people are sleeping. <laughs> All you hear is pop, pop, pop. 
Hallelujah. Very impulsive. Listen, you can never be a great leader if you act on impulse. Never ever take decisions based on instincts and impulse. Never take a decision to buy anything by impulse. You didn't plan. You're walking in the shop. Then you see this nice shoe. And they say it's, a, what's it called? A half price. Then you go and buy. But the half is still money. No, no. I can guarantee you that if you do that, listen, I can guarantee you if you do that, you will run into debt. It means you, are, you, are, you, are, you don't have any leadership quality whatsoever. See, a leader plans before they execute. Are you with me? Uh, uh, like the beginning of the year, we have planned what we are going to do all year. So we go step by step. When we see something flashy and nice, it doesn't mean we should abandon all the plans and go and follow it. No, we don't do that. That's not proper leadership. That is the, the third word type of leadership we have. Do you know that I, 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 do, do you know that um, if you look at democracy, government rule, governmental rule, it has evolved. It went from the subsistent economy, then they moved to battering economy, then from battering economy, they created the bourgeoisie, isn't it? And the slaves, and then the uh, dictators came, autocrats came, the kings ruled, then after that they moved, trans they transited from that to uh, self-rule, which is independence, you create a democracy, choose a leader, and they ruled. You know, you know what I'm saying? But we just see, and so it's nice. Then we jump from zero to 10. They went from one to two to three to four before they got to 10. We are from negative. Then we say, this is what we want to copy. Then we just jump and then we, are, we say democracy. And what is your history? There's no history. So then we, we create a certain type of democracy which is different from what, what we copied. Because yeah. we didn't involve, it wasn't organic. Are you with me? So that it works here, but it doesn't work there. Because it was not systematic. When you are impulsive, you create something, a utopia that doesn't exist, which will work here, but it doesn't work there because it was planned here and was just imposed there. You know, we say we want to digitalize, and then we just pick it from zero to 10. So there's a lot of portals. Are you getting what I'm saying? We say we see something, want to copy. And individuals, we do that. We see something, somebody has a nice thing, want to copy. So we don't even find out the history of where they are coming from. Then you want to be like them. Without having any basis, you jump from zero to ten. And see, every height brings its challenges. And when the challenges meet you at that height, you see that you are not qualified for that height. Then you start to struggle. Then you ask yourself, why are we cursed? You are not cursed. You, you just didn't take your time to build. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. yeah. We, we, you see, plant. Man, don't take impulsive action. I, I'm an impulsive person. When it comes to, I'm just an impulsive person by nature. But I know that my impulsive nature is not a, a nature for leadership. So I don't use it when I'm leading. When I'm leading myself, I don't use it. When I'm leading a group, I don't use it. So I may feel it, but I won't let my feelings drive me to do it. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. Because that thing is not good for leadership. Take your time. Build according to plan. Here a little Precept upon precept, here a line upon line, here a little, there a little. That is how you build. You build gradual, gradual. You see that after all these things, now Peter learns how to build gradually. But before he was very impulsive. 
One day he wants to walk on water. The next day he wants to cut somebody's ear. The next day he wants to uh, 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 go fishing. It's like he's a very impulsive guy. Amen. You see that Simon was also a coward. A little girl comes to say to you, I know you, your face. You are one of the followers of Jesus. He said, no, me, I don't know him. He said, no, you, you. He said, no, not me. Another person comes say, you, even your accent. He said, no, no, it's not me. Another person comes. Then he wants to go and fight. Very, very, very. Remember he said that to Jesus just before then. He said that even if it means we are going to die, I am prepared to go and die. None of the disciples said that. He was the one who said it. And as soon as Jesus said, today, 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 before the day ends, you deny me three times. Say, me, I'm ready to die. I'm a fisherman by profession, you know. Uh, we don't fear death. Small girl. A leader is not afraid of confrontation. I had to learn that quickly. That if you are going to lead anything, be prepared to confront people and confront situations. Sometimes you, the, the situation you have to confront is an unpleasant one. But as a leader, you cannot shy away from it. You've got to face it squarely. You see, if you have a, a wound and you cover it and you don't expose it, it festers and it gets worse. It becomes maggots and things will start. Are you getting, starts to ooze and become very nasty. You've got to deal with it. As painful as it is, as it is you sometimes you've got to expose the skin and scrape the face, which is one of the most painful things, to scrape the exposed skin that has wounds. Scrape it so that it can heal properly. See, if you are in a marriage and you don't expose the wound and scrape the, the front so that it dies, it gets bigger. Now, you me. Part of leadership is not to you know, there are some people, they always con avoid confrontation. Mm. When there's a, a, an issue, then they go out. They leave. Or they won't talk to you for three, four days, five days. Yeah, As if when we finish not talking to me and you come back to talk to me, the problem has gone. No, no, that's not a very, that's a lazy way of dealing with issues. Because you have postponed the problem. <laughs> the problem is going to come back this time pregnant. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you've got to learn. You see, leadership is exposing it as painful as it is and scraping it. It's very painful. Yeah. I remember when I was a child, you know, you go and play. Your mom would tell you, be careful, be careful. You know, that, that, be careful. You will not listen. Then you go and fall down. Then you scrape your leg somewhere. And so then you run because you don't want them to see that you have a wound. But you see, evening will come, you have to get into the bath. <laughs> and you see, when you get into the bath, your mother will be bathing. My big sister used to bathe her. So it's like, and when you have, she's asked you for meat and you didn't give her. <laughs> and now she's bathing you. And then you see the, the, the wound there. That's where her strength comes. <laughs> She put more soap. She put more soap in the in the sponge. <laughs> and then, bring your leg. <laughs> that is child abuse. By the time she finished the plate, the thing's gone white. <laughs> it goes white before it becomes red. <laughs> yeah. 
but you see, it is good because it heals quicker. But when you hide it, it festers. Nobody likes confrontation. We all like to avoid it. But we've got to learn how to confront. The Bible says, speaking the truth in love. See, the thing you do is you do it in love and in gra- with grace. But the truth, you don't have to shy away from it. Hallelujah. But the, I mean, to Peter's credit, when this, this the cock crew and he remembered what Jesus had said, he felt bad and he went to cry. Isn't it? As for uh, Judas, he didn't. He went to try and kill himself that instead. Amen. You know, uh, Matthew 26, 33 says that Peter talking. He says that, and Peter answered and said to Jesus, even if all may stumble because of you, me, I will never. I will never be made to stumble. <laughs> Say, listen, all these 12, st- 11 standing here, they, they will fall. But I'll be the last man standing. Remember 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says that, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he falls. Peter was also very presumptuous. They go to the mountaintop and then appears uh, Elijah and Moses to talk to Jesus. What does Peter say? Simon Peter say, he said what? Let us stay here and build three booths, three altars here and stay here. Listen, nobody stays in the church. Everybody has to go home at the point. He was a compulsive talker. He interrupted the discussion of Jesus, John the Baptist, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Because they didn't finish talking when he started. It's good that we are here. Well, Jesus was talking to, you, to Moses and Elijah. Can you get the character of the person we are talking about? Every time. Amen. But this same guy meets Jesus and then there's a transformation. So we started talking about the transformation, isn't it? The the characteristic, number one is what? Quickly. He followed immediately. When Jesus said that from now you be fishers of men, he, he left everything. And he went. He didn't have to think about it. Amen. Number two. No, that's, the, I'm talk, we are talking about the transformation. Yeah, from last week. What was it? He had a close relationship. You see, anytime God calls you, he doesn't call you to lead. God never calls you to do anything. Are you with me? The first reason why God calls you is to be with him. Otherwise, the leading will be the God that you follow. He said, follow me. It's Luke chapter 5, isn't it? He said, follow me and I will make you. That means that come and have a relationship with me and I will transform you. Christianity is not about God giving us anything. It's just come to me and I will have a relationship with you that will change your life. 
Are you with me? So our being there is so that we'll be with him. Our being here is not so that you become a pastor of the people. That's the secondary thing. You are supposed to follow him. That's the first thing. Then he makes you. Number three. God did not show any favoritism. Peter was not the first person. Isn't it? In fact, Peter's brother, Andrew, was the one who brought Peter, Simon. But God chose Peter, which means that we all can be chosen. So never ever disqualify yourself. Amen. So that, oh, I just came, so I cannot be chosen. You can be chosen. Next one. God calls busy people. Peter was a busy man. He was a fisherman. Peter had a family. He had a wife, a mother-in-law. If you have a mother-in-law, obviously you have a wife, isn't it? (laughs) Hallelujah. So don't ever use your busyness as an excuse not to serve God. Uh, Brother Pastor, you don't understand. Listen, PhD is a very difficult uh, thing to do. I know you haven't done it before, so I'm telling you. It is very. I have a lot of PhD students. That's why I'm using PhD. So don't. <laughs> oh, Pastor, I'm very busy. You see, my work, my work demands a lot of things. No, 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 no. Never ever use your busyness. If you look at Daniel, you are not more busier than Daniel. He was a, a, the the prime minister of three successive governments, and yet he was the one that was used. Never ever say you are too busy to serve God. God always calls busy people. People who are lazy, they are not called. <laughs> Next one. You know what? Your skills are necessary. Very necessary. All the skills. Never ever abandon your skills that you have. When you come, use it in the house of God. You're an IT consultant, use it. You're a medical doctor, use it. You're a journalist, use it. Whatever you are, you are a pharmacist, use it. Use it. It's very, very powerful. Because you know how to string about five women at the same time. It means you can lead five, five, fifty women to church. Christ. Use everything. Every skill can be used. Don't spoil my message. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> yeah. You must have your revelation. Are you with me? It means that you must see God for yourself. Never ever walk on somebody's anointing, on somebody's revelation. You may begin in somebody's anointing, but you must gain your own revelation of who God is. Amen. Next one. You must love. That was last week, wasn't it? You must love the people you are called to minister to. Without love, you would never ever do much. Amen. Bible says that if we have no love and we give our bodies to be bent, what profit do we gain? Nothing. You are like a sound, a tingling cymbal and a sounding brass. Everything you must do, the undergirding factor must be love. Sing with love. Amen. Preach with love. You see, if you are preaching to people you don't like, your preaching changes. <laughs> you know, where somebody anoints you in the church and you are preaching, if you don't take care, your preaching will be some way. You get it. But you must understand that the person is not the, the sin. The, the, you must always learn to differentiate the person from the sin. Differentiate the problem from your wife or your husband. Amen. Your husband is not Satan. Amen. Satan, who are you? 
Hallelujah. So I gave us five, is it five or six things that Jesus did in love? Seven things. Number one was what? He healed the sick in love. Number two, raised the dead in love. Number three, he fed the hungry in love. Number four, he preached the kingdom of God in love. Amen. Number five, he cast out demons. He did not cast the people out. He cast the demons out of the people. They are two different things. These days we cast the the people out. (laughs) Instead of the demon. Say you and the demon get out. (laughs) Hallelujah. Number six. He interceded for the church and the disciples in love. Amen. Number seven. He gave his life for the world in love. Amen. Number seven. Number eight. Okay, so we are about to finish, isn't it? Number eight. Can we finish today? Okay, we'll try. Number eight. We need to fully trust God with our lives if we are going to be leaders of any sort. A leader must abandon their lives totally. God. Jesus said something. Anyone that loses his life for my sake will gain it. But anyone that tries to save his own life will lose it. If you are going to lead, and I told you the beginning that all of us are leaders, isn't it? Because we are all leading our lives. That's the first person you are leading, yourself. And then you lead people who are, you are responsible for, your children and all that. And then when you're called into leadership, you also become a leader of people. And the first thing you must understand is that if you're going to be a leader, you must fully trust God. Trust him for your resources. Are you getting it? I was was talking to a pastor yesterday. And he was talking about gaining a um, church building. And I was saying to him, trust God. Don't trust the people. If you trust the people, you will never do anything. Your trust must be in God. The reason why as, as pastors we fail is because we trust the people instead of God. And the Bible says, I cursed be the man who trusts in, who puts his trust in man. Or put his trust in the arm of flesh. It is like a foot out of joint and a broken tooth. It's painful to trust man. But when you trust God, man will come, man will go. But whatever God has told you to, you'll do it. He'll do it. Are, are you getting it? Learn to be trusting in God. You know, when we said we are going to buy this building, and we did our first, uh, what do you call it, fundraising offering we took here. When the envelopes came, some people, were, some people put five pounds. We are buying this building. In the envelope, they put five pounds. <laughs> when I looked at the envelope, I said, hey. This person should use this five pounds to go and buy a house for themselves and see whether they will get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Some put ten pounds. Even three pounds was in the envelope. <laughs> one, 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 three. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So if we're trusting in everybody. You know, a pastor friend of mine had, they bought a building. And uh, the building was like, when we came here, it was dilapidated, but functional. Then I told him that, use it like that. Move the church in and gradually uh, fix things. He said, no, 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 no. Then he was telling me how I don't have faith and that he's going to Reorganize. He has called the workers in. They have taken the roof off. 
they have taken all the, uh, what do you call it, the lights, the cables, they are going rewiring. Then I asked him, so how much is this, all this thing costing? He said, it's costing $1 million. Then I said to him, so how are you going to raise this $1 million? He said to me, I am getting all my members to give, was it $10,000? $10,000 each. And then all my friends are going to give $1,000 each. And he had calculated how many friends and how many church members would give $10,000. This was about five years ago. He's still meeting in a hall. The church is still <laughs> without roof. <laughs> the church, they haven't moved in. So he's paying there and paying. He's renting and paying mortgage at the same time. And guess what? The church member didn't give the 10000 and the friends didn't give the 1,000. He, he sent, he sent a, a lot of letters out. In fact, he sent it. We got a letter. Then I said, let us find something and give to this guy. I'm telling you, from that point, the man doesn't stay in the church. Every time he's traveling to go and preach here, preach here, preach here, preach here, preach here to collect money. To come and fix the building. And the more he goes, the less his church gets. Because the people, as he's gone, the people too have gone on vacation and left the church. Yeah. It is God you trust, yeah. not the people. Yeah. He called me one, one day when talking, he said, oh, The people have disappointed me. <laughs> disappointed me. <laughs> I wanted to laugh, but I couldn't laugh. The people have disappointed me. They have disappointed me. Did you think about all this before you went to get the, the people to come and remove the things? Listen, <laughs> when we came here, it was very cold. Ish. Ah, if we are blessed, those of us who came earlier, wow, the place is cold and the wood. You have to wear a jumper, then you wear a jumper, wear your coat and sit here. You don't take your coat off. As I'm preaching, I can see the, the vapor going out as I'm preaching. Living prison worship wearing coat because it's cold. There used to be some draft coming through here. It's like as you are preaching, I feel it in your back. <laughs> yeah. And there used to be a lot of rats. Big ones. No, big. Some of them don't look like scats. Big ones. I mean proper rats in this place. I mean when we come in and you Put the light on. You see them. There was one particular one. I think he used to wear that glasses. When he sees me, he look at me like I'm not moving. <laughs> then I do like that. Then he go, I've seen that before. Hey, then he also do hey. Then I've seen me jump here, but now. <laughs> that rat had been here longer than I had been. He wanted to show me that, listen, you have been here longer than you. get small money, we'll do something small. We'll get small money, we'll do something small. We'll get small money, we'll do something small. We are still doing something small. We haven't finished. Uh, you see, we have started talking about the lights. I mean, Sunday when we finished uh, talking, I, I don't know, the preaching I was preaching, uh, whatever, Chris was like, pastor, he's an electrician. I'm going to do the electrics. I said, okay, come. <laughs> so I took him upstairs. I took him to the basement. I said, okay. Then look, I'm going to bring my boss. We're going to do the electric. I said, okay. So how much are you going to say? We don't have money. So if you're going to do it, <laughs> this is your pocket. He said, is that what uh, Uncle Fred does? I said, yes. <laughs> he said, okay, okay. No worries, no worries. We'll sort it out. I said, okay. Because we don't trust the pockets of the people. 
So learn to be re- have your, your resources from God, not from any man. Never ever put your trust in any man, man or anything. Because as for man and anything, it will fail you. And if you don't take care, you'll lose your faith in God. Learn to trust God. Even yourself, never trust yourself. Never trust yourself, let alone anybody else. <laughs> Look at Matthew 16, verse 22. This is the man we've just read. You are Peter on this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Isn't it? What verse was that? Was it 18 or 16, isn't it? 16, 17. Now we have come to verse 22, same verse, same, same passage, same, which means that it's the same conversation. Yeah. Then Jesus, as soon as he said, okay, you are the Christ, then Jesus says that, okay, I have to go and die. Immediately, listen to what Simon Peter said. Then Peter, supposed to be the rock, took him aside. Now that you have given posts, you see, there's something about giving people posts. As soon as you give them posts, they think that they have the right to rebuke you. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a known thing. <laughs> now, from today, you people are the associate pastors. Hey, okay, pastor, we want to have a meeting with you. <laughs> from today, as part of the associate, we have decided that we have to correct <laughs> these your things. <laughs> then, then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. You see, he didn't have post before. Verse 15, he didn't have a post. Verse 16, he passed the test. Verse 17, he's appointed as the Peter, the rock on which the church will be built. Verse 22, he says that you, far be it from you, you shall not do the job you, you are called to come and do. I am changing your job. Verse 23. Then he turned aside and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Oops. Peter has now become Satan. (laughs) You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. The rock on which you are building the church is not mindful of the things of men. It must tell you that it doesn't matter how high you rise. That man spirit is still with you. And so always be mindful of it. Never be too sure of yourself. Never ever think that you overcome sin. Now you are holy. Because you pray 12 hours non-stop. No, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Because in the spirit, the man that flesh and blood has not revealed. It's the same man that Satan is using to impede Jesus. Which means that all of us can be vessels of Satan and vessels of God at the same time. So never be, be, be too sure. Always leave a little gap just in case it's Satan talking through you instead of God talking through you. Always leave a little gap. Amen. Be mindful of that. He believed that there was a better way to save mankind than to go through the cross. He thought he had better ideas than Jesus, than God himself. Amen. But we can have the confidence that God's perfect will will always be done. And if we trust in God, do you know that Peter could have insisted that Jesus was wrong. After this story, how many understand what I'm trying to say? He could have insisted and led a revolt against Jesus. You are not going. Choboy, we are not going. But when Jesus rebuked him and called him Satan, immediately he woke up and he said, we'll follow your will. Which means that we must always give ourselves the room to be corrected. 
give the room in case I'm wrong so that I can be corrected. When you don't have any room for correction, when you take the wrong step, you're on your way to. Amen. Number nine. Let's go. Let's go. Number nine. Peter was willing to learn. Every leader must have a willingness to learn. If you are going to lead yourself, if you are going to lead your finances, if you are going to lead your family, if you are going to lead your, the church, if you are going to lead the people, if you are going to lead any group, you must have the willingness to learn. And you must learn every day. You must, you must never finish learning. The unfortunate thing that I've come to realize is that anytime people are promoted, called pastors, they stop learning. The thing that brought them to that place, they stop doing the things that brought them there. It's like they resign. It's as if all they wanted was here. And now that I'm standing here, you can't teach me anything. I have a lot of people, pastors like that. Mistake you made was to appoint them. That was it. They can't learn. The ones that do well are the ones that present continuous learning. And present continuously call you. And always want to learn something from you. Luke chapter 12. Verse 41. The Bible says, And Peter said to him, Lord, are these words said to us only or to all men? Jesus was teaching. And Peter asked the question, are you speaking to us alone or are you speaking to everybody? Because he was willing to learn. Amen. Amen. Matthew 18, 21. Then Jesus came to him and said, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother who sins against me? Till seven times, Jesus said no. Till 70 times, seven times in a day. It means 140 times. 149 times. Hallelujah. Let's read the next verse. Then Jesus said, I do not say seven times, but I say, some people have made a doctrine out of this that is saying that it's 490 times a day. He never said that. Because Peter was the one who introduced the figure seven. And Jesus had to multiply it to let him know that there's no, you, there's no there's end. No it is not 490 times. <laughs> you see how pedantic we can be sometimes. No, it is it, in a day. <laughs> so it means at the end of the day, it, it comes back to zero. Hallelujah. Matthew 15, 15. Then Peter answered and said, Declare unto us this parable. The meaning of this parable. Then Jesus explains and tells them what the parable meant. Because he had to learn. He was, he had been appointed the leader, isn't it? He's been called the Peter, the rock. But he was still willing to learn. Never ever think you know. Never get to that place where you think you know. You can learn from everybody. You can learn from everybody. Everybody teaches you something. And make sure that every day you learn something. It's, it's a habit you must develop. Every day you must learn something new. Yeah. So you have to be a reader to learn something new. Even if it's one page or one paragraph, read something at least a day. Hallelujah. How many are with me? Yeah, learn something, learn something. Amen. The disciples were always coming to Jesus to ask. Luke chapter 8 verse 9. And then the disciples asked him saying, what does this parable mean? Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Now it came to pass, he was praying in a certain place. When he had ceased praying, the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. These days, charismatic Christians, when we come to church and the preaching is going on, you see, we take our phone, we either play with the phone or we take our parts, then we are drawing <laughs> or making 
uh, what do you call it? List. Shopping list. Or to-do list. Because it's like, it's almost as if we are, we've had and had. Sometimes when you take a scripture, it's like once the person knows the scripture, they, they think they know everything about the scripture. They think all the revelation in the scripture is finished. So there's nothing to learn. That's a mistake. The same, John 3.16, I can preach the whole year. And each day you get a new revelation from it. Because it is, don't be presumptuous and think that you know it. You don't. Hallelujah. Simon and you. Am I talking to somebody? Number 10. A leader must live by faith and not by sight. Don't be easily moved by what you see. Matthew 24, 24. For false Christ will appear and show great signs. I think it's John, John 24, rather, not Matthew 24. Oh, no, not John 24. It's this uh, Peter walking on water. What is that scripture? Peter walking on water in Matthew 1424. 1424. Let's read let's really it quickly. A boat was in the middle of the sea being tossed by the wind. It was contrary. Next verse. Now the fourth watch, Jesus came and went to them, walking on the sea. Then when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. Immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come onto the water. Then he said, come. When Peter came down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every leader must not be moved by what they see, what happens around you. Do you know that life is like that? Life will always throw you a curveball. And if you are somebody who's easily moved, you always end up doing the wrong thing. Yeah, because it's never straight. Nothing's ever straight. Do you know that any straight edge is man-made? When you go, there's no straight, straight tree. There's no tree in the world that is straight. There's nothing that is straight. Everything is edgy. Everything is edgy. That's how life is. We make straight edge like that to create things. Straight edge. But this, this, the tree that this thing was, came, was, it never came straight. It's man-made to be straight. So there's nothing straight in life. Life is crooked. The occurrences are crooked. Nothing ever comes repeatedly. See, it's like you're going like this, then it goes like this. Then you're going, then it goes like this, then it goes like that. Yeah, that's how life is. So never have a, 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 a shock absorber. How many understand what I'm saying? Have a sh an internal shock absorber so that you absorb the shock. Never ever be surprised as a Christian. Never be taken by surprise. Have a shock absorber so that you absorb the shock. Because life will throw shocks. If you are somebody who's always shocked, it means you lack insight. It means you are faithless. You are stomach direction. <laughs> you obey the wind. 
We used to have a certain ball that they used to make it with plastic. You know those China balls? How many played with those type of balls? When you kick straight, you see it goes like this. You kick, then it goes like that. That's how life is. You are kicking to go this way, then it goes there. You are expecting things to work like this, then it works like that. So that when it happens, have a shock absorber to absorb it. Don't lose sight of God. Don't lose sight of who you are because of the curveball that life has thrown you. Don't lose sight. A leader must be stable. When things don't go the way you expect it, you are still stable. Don't wilt under pressure. The Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. When the people were agitating and crying, he didn't join them to cry. He had shock absorbers. Because he was the leader. If he was also going to cry like a baby, then everybody would be in trouble. Amen. I pray that we will rise up and become the leaders that God has called us to become. We are going to look at the leadership of Abraham. And we'll learn a few things from there. They will go to the leadership of Moses. We'll learn a lot of things from there. And we'll go to the leadership of Paul. And learn a few things from there. By the time we finish, we'll be good leaders. What do you think? Stand to your feet.